was just in San Francisco over the weekend. Yeah. I hadn't played there in a while. I was a little nervous because like, I was like, wow, like this is like woke central. And woke is the enemy and opposite of political incorrectness, you know, and truth. Yep. and very, But they were awesome. So I was thrilled that even in San Francisco. But you, you actually look the same as you always did. You, look, you, you preserved yourself very well. Oh, thanks. So I don't know what you're doing for your health, but it's working. I'm quite the metrosexual. <laughs> I like the products, really? man. I, you know, I came from a farm in North Carolina, and uh, I got out here to L.A. You know, with Limp Bizkit, and I end up at a Fred Siegel going, "What's all this stuff?" You know, and they sold me a bunch of stuff for my face. And next thing you know, I got into the concept. Yeah, uh, I don't judge that. And, I'm not uh, sure it's the product. I don't want to. I don't want to swap skincare products with you. <laughs> you know, let's not go that far, but. You, know, you never I, know. I, I, <laughs> never say never. Yeah, you rock stars. You're all the same. Class. It's always about crazy carrying on, and you know. Okay, so you have your uh, drink, Fred. Yeah, I'm having a little reposado. What are you having? What's that? Uh, it's a to me a much smoother version of tequila, a little more. Oh right. Passing. Yeah. Um. Oh, this rot gut saloon whiskey. I don't know. Ah, what. whiskey guy. <laughs> no, no, it's it's the same thing. It's tequila. Oh, okay. I don't know how tequila got so popular. Um, Paul Mitchell. What? Yeah, he, uh, his patron, that's Paul Mitchell, the hair guy's uh, tequila, from what I heard. Was that like the first? No, I'm just, I, I think it's the first one that got very um, popular that wasn't the yellow Cuervo that was... You know, it was uh, my boy... Um, Sammy Hagar, who really did the first uh, tequila. I've never tried his tequila. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's great. and I he, love his vibe, though. That's for sure. He's a fun guy. He seems like he's awesome. Is that who your friends are, Fred? Are they rock stars? Uh, Not really. Do you uh, hang out with regular people, or is it just the rock and roll lifestyle with the groupies and the the, uh, you know, drugs at all hours of the night and blasting the music and the yeah, yeah, yeah lyrics and the long hair. Is that, is, <laughs> is that your entire lifestyle or do you ever come down to earth with us normal people? Um, How normal are you, Fred? I don't, I don't even know if I want to expose that. You know, how Come on, it's just us. No one's listening. Just us. No one's listening. We've known each other minutes. <laughs> yeah. We ran into each other a couple times at Midsummer Night. Uh, we said hello a couple times. Oh, back with the, in the Playboy day. Mansion. That's back right. You were a denizen of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, I love playing backgammon. So on Sundays, play backgammon. Yeah, that's there. the appeal of Playboy, the backgammon. <laughs> hey, but that's I, what, I was like, that's why kinda, that kind of got me into the 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 place a little that I could play a little. And uh, Midsummer's Night's Dreams are the best parties of all what time. Is it that's always getting these guys to try to go to the Playboy Mansion? It must be the backgammon. It's got to be backgammon. I love playing backgammon, though, to be honest. So, I'm being honest. Yeah, that seems like another life, going to the Playboy Mansion, I must tell you. That yeah. seems like a completely different life. And one I'm not pining for. Yeah, I don't miss it that much, but I, I've had a few good times there. Just, <laughs> just uh, Well, yeah, we were I, younger. and It's just fun. Those, those parties were a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, the liquor flowed freely. That's always the key. People always say, what's the key to a good party? Get the people fucked up. It's not rocket science. I've thrown parties here. I mean, this place was 
the party house until we <laughs> made it into a studio. I mean, it looks the same, but uh, I've had a lot of parties here. And what's the secret? I would roll like a hundred joints and just pass them out to people at the party and make it easy to get a drink. I've never understood why it's always hard to get a drink at a bar. Wouldn't you sell more liquor if everyone could get a drink? Why well, I would have, bartenders are cheap. I would have like 10 bartenders instead of the one or two. And everyone's just trying to get their attention. That's right. What the fuck? Wouldn't you sell more liquor? It's a pretty good concept, actually. I think I'm on to something. You're on to something. But why doesn't anybody do it? There has to be a reason. Well, I mean, they're saving some money, obviously. You know, it's keeping the staff. Are you kidding? The markup on liquor oh, yeah. is it's the ridiculous. most ridiculous. It costs 10 cents to pour it. <laughs> And it probably, you know, then you charge fourteen dollars. Yeah. I don't even know what a. It's been so long since I've drank in a bar. Yeah, I don't me know too. what a, I don't know what a drink is. Yeah, I don't. I don't do bars. It's not my thing. I bet you twenty bucks buys you one drink with a tip. I bet the kind of tequila I'm having right here. I bet you it is twenty twenty dollars for a shot of that stuff. Right. That's oh, I, I remember back in the day. Even there were there were certain kinds of liquor. I wasn't drinking them, but like. It was like $32 a shot or something. I'm sure there are Jesus. phony baloney asshole places in Vegas and lots of places with the bottle service where, yeah. Remember Joel and Allison giving out the weed cookies at the mansion when yes, you walked in? I do remember weed cookies. Yeah. They'd reach Oops. into their kimonos yes. and, and hand everybody a cookie when they walked in. Yes. Yeah. They were not terribly good. As I recall. They were not good, but I, I tried it a couple <laughs> times and I remember being a little too out of my mind. Oh, so they were good for you? They definitely oh. worked. Yeah, they had something worked out. Maybe I've smoked too much pot. That's why I switched to these clove cigarettes. Yeah, those cloves are smelling really good. Try it. You no. know, I haven't tried a clove in a while. I mean, I'm, I'm scared where, where it'll take me. I don't want to be a bad influence. No, you couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why? Because you don't need one? No, I'm actually, you, you know, the fun thing about uh, the, having this persona is that I get to escape through it and kind of troll in my own way. Right. You know, but realistically, I'm a guy who likes, I'm a kind of a hermit. I don't like to go out to parties much. I'm a kind of, a, I'm a hillbilly from North Carolina and I'm living, you know, kind of that kind of way here in California. But ultimately... I just keep it low key, man, and uh, I listen to '70s music a lot. That's about all I really listen to. Really, like I what? Yeah, I like mean, what? I mean, you just Barry, Barry White, not Barry White. I mean, Barry White. <laughs> Barry White makes it That's into the, the list. '70s, but I'd say I've listened to a lot of '70s uh, singer songwriter stuff. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah, like Jackson Brown. Yeah, I love Jackson Brown. Yeah, very, very good. You like Dawes. Like what? Dawes. No, I don't know this. You don't know Dawes? Oh, they're pretty big. They're <clears throat> Look, I'm not going to say they, I, I don't know, they sound like Jackson Brown a lot, but they have their own thing. So I don't want to like say it wrong and make them think I'm saying that they're uh, ripping him off because I'm a big fan of theirs. But it's like if Jackson Brown had a son, <laughs> it's so much, so much about them is reminiscent. But I'm a big fan because I'm a big Jackson Brown D-A-W-S? D-A-W-E-S. Yeah, Dawes. Yeah, Dawes. They're pretty big. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the, I don't the, even know that's in my playlist because I have a massive 70s playlist and I can't Well, they're it. not 70s. They're now. Oh, they're now. That's what I'm saying is they're they're like the they're the, the now version of the closest thing to Jackson Brown or Understood. anything like that from back then. Yeah. Try, wow. Oh, I would recommend them. 
I'm going to um, check it out. He's uh, the lead singer's married to uh, Mandy Moore, I think. Mm. They're pretty big. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> they must be. He's got a <laughs> movie star girlfriend. Who, who else do you like from now? Anyone? Like you from like now. any music today? Oh yeah, name some people. I don't know any. <laughs> really? You don't <laughs> yeah. know any from now? Come I mean, on. Not really. You know. Uh, you know who's good is Mister The Weekend. Oh yeah, The Weekend. That I mean, I always judge music by whether it would be a hit in any decade. You know, uh, not always judge it, but like to me, that's a, a great marker of whether I'm going to like a record. And Mr. The Weeknd uh, makes records that sound to me like they could have been... First of all, he sounds just like Michael Jackson sometimes. Yeah, he's definitely got the, a good voice. He's got a great alto. I think that's an alto voice. Mm-hmm. Um, or tenor, maybe. Is that a tenor? I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I don't really know. <laughs> I'm not much of a musician, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I'm more... I mean, you know, I got in this... I. I grew up on a farm in North Carolina, and I always wanted to be a filmmaker. And so I had read that James Foley directed Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross at Close Range. I read that he directed music videos. Martin Scorsese directed music videos, David Fincher. And so I said, man, I'll put together a band, my Spinal Tap, you know, my Spark, Sparks, my, my thing. And I was obsessed with Andy Kaufman and things like that. And I said, I'll put together this Spinal Tap and direct the music video and go to Hollywood and start making movies. And that's not how it happened. So after wow. the... Yeah. So, so Limp Bizkit was really just a vehicle to something else? That's what it started out as, yeah. But so it became a blessing so huge. in disguise. I remember, uh, like, Limp Bizkit was like, uh, you know, just like culturally phenomenal level. Wow. Right? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard it for me to big, say that, but here you say that. It, so was, a, it was a big thing. We definitely had a moment there, and it was it was yeah. it was just something that I didn't expect, and and the movie thing just didn't happen. You, you have, I'm telling Jimmy Iovine and Ted Fields and all these guys, hey, I want to direct movies, and they're like, no, you're going to be a rock star. You're selling a bunch of records, and well, I mean, every thing that reaches that level of bigness, I think, has to be not just. I mean. The, the band has to, have, of course, have talent and be doing something. But you also have to, like, then hit the zeitgeist at the right moment mm-hmm. with the right thing. I mean, the Beatles, everybody did it mm-hmm. in their way. And there was, like, a feeling around that, like, turn-of-the-century time. And it was, it was angsty. And it was, like, you captured that kind of, you know, um, you know... I'm just pissed and I'm going to break shit and, you know. Um. I was bullied my whole life, tortured, bullied. I was really just this peon kid in, in my city at school. And ultimately, the vehicle I used to put behind Limp Biscuit was, oh, man, I'll use this microphone to fight these guys back. But the irony was the bullies that tortured me were dressing like me in the audience. And so this massive art project that's, turned into the most ironic thing I've ever... so interesting. And here I am 25 years later going, wow, this is unbelievable. That is so interesting. So bizarre. No, that's a movie. No, that's I mean, a, it's something. No, that's a great ending. People call it jock rock. I mean, I despise jocks because those were ones guys beating my ass all but the that's time. that's the theme of your movie about it, is the people in the audience, what you just said. That's the movie. Hmm. Build it around that. Hmm. The people in the audience become the thing that you were getting away from that's right it's, i mean that's that's great that's sticking the landing hmm. 
of course, you got to flesh this out like for over 120 pages. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the big idea man, Fred. All right. I'm, I'm hey, we just, will footnote you, Bill. Don't worry right. about that. I you know? do the big idea yeah. and then everybody else does yeah, the work. Well, look, that's but, an interesting uh, concept. Like, no, it so, is. You know, if we, are you into anything? Like I, I know it seems obvious to talk about music and things like that. And I, I hear no, that you're a I big music, music guy. Oh, yeah, I, I hear you really, really are. Well, I mean, like everybody... You, I don't think anyone can have an encyclopedic knowledge of music. There's just too much of it. There's too many bands, like Dawes. Like to me, that's a fairly big band, and you didn't ever heard of them. Nope. And you could do that to me right now with twenty bands and say, "Hey, they're pretty big," and I'd be like, "No clue." Hmm. Or maybe I've heard of them and don't know, have no idea what they do. They could be doing polka music. Um, they, it could be Gregorian chants. It could be anything, you know. That, that brings to mind Stephen. Steve N. Seagulls. Have you heard of these guys? Absolutely not. Yeah. Who? Steven Seagulls? Like, I guess it's a play on Steven Seagal. I'm not sure. But it's, these guys oh. play the spoons, up the upright bass, the accordion, and they're wearing overalls. They're, they're hillbillies, they're, I guess, and they're, they do covers, and they're unbelievable. Covers? Yeah, like cover songs. Like they yeah. do this song of a... Uh, an ACDC song, I want to say, um, maybe TNT or something. And I just saw it recently. Blew my mind. Really? Yeah, they're just performing outside on their farm or wherever, whoever's farm because it is. their version of it is so good? So good. It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, you're like three quarters of the way home if you're getting to play a great song. And these are all established great songs. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why cover bands are not as popular or yeah. esteemed as band bands. But... As far as just entertainment value, yeah. I mean, very often I come across something uh, as I'm like looking for new music or hearing something and it's a cover song that I didn't know existed by somebody and it's like, oh, that's great. I already love that song and here's a great new version. Um, there's a station that I play on Pandora sometimes that's just, it's mostly that. Um, it's like... California dreaming, but now it's with a beat that's very current and right. you know, and it's the you can't beat the tune and it's a great lyric. That's the key, right? The tune, you could strip it down to the melody and the one chord progression and it's timeless. That's when you know it's just epic. I mean, you can't really ever have a rational discussion, I don't think, with people about music, or I feel there's no point to reading a music review. Either I like the song or I don't. That's how I feel. And you can't convince somebody. It's not an argument. I like it or I don't. Right. <laughs> you know? And I, I still use the old iPod because I feel like it's a superior way of listening. I can explain why. But I, one reason is that I like to know exactly what I'm listening to. I don't want to have... Sometimes I listen to Pandora and have th things I don't hear. That's how I do find new music. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I want to hear what I want to hear. If I put my 4,000 songs that go back to the 60s, right. <clears throat> it's Bill Maher Radio on Shuffle, and it's always a song I like. Sometimes it's, you know, upbeat, and sometimes it's not. But I'm not going to dislike any of them. Right. <laughs> you know, I think A for effort. You know, I really, if I don't like something, I just don't like it. Exactly. I don't hate on it. I don't right. care about exactly. it. I'm like, hey, I just right. personally don't have an emotional, uh, positive emotional reaction to this jam. We all can't like everything. We can't. No. But there's a lot of people out there pretending they do and pretending they don't, you know, for controversial reasons, I guess. Pretending but. they like things? 
I think so. I think there's a lot of people that just go with the flow out there for popularity, in my opinion. A lot of people are doing their right. their stations. But luckily, we get to curate our own TV channels and our own radio stations now, and that's something that we didn't get grow up getting to do. You know, we were at the uh, mercy of, you know, FM radio, AM radio, and whatever TV channels or limited cable was coming through at the time. So who's at your shows, Every Age? These days... Every night I'll say, how many people is your first time seeing Limp Biscuit? The whole place raises their hand. Oh, how really? many people are below under 30 years old? The whole place raises their hand. I think the people who grew up liking Limp Biscuit probably are a little older and they'd probably rather me do a Paul Newman and give them some salad dressing or, or some soap. You know, they're not listening to that kind of music right now. Right. And so I, and maybe there's a hip hop kind of current going through our music that maybe helped us through time. We never, I took everything away. I didn't want to market anymore. I don't sell merchandise online. I don't sell it at concerts. I didn't promote anything because I wanted to pull back and see what our music could do through a noisy world. How do you rise above the noise? And luckily, I'm so grateful, but it's it's just, there's a resurgence. It's, it's just happening. It's young people that are reacting to the and material. I think it's a smart strategy because kids don't like to be marketed to. They're, I agree with they're, that. They're fucking ignorant about almost everything, most of them. Not the smart ones, but really. Not their fault. Schools just don't teach shit. They let you out the door without knowing anything. But they are savvy about media. I will give them that. Right. It's the one thing they know. They grew up on social media and media, and they get that. That's right. So, like, the last thing you can ever try to do is be inauthentic and be successful with them. I agree. I mean, the, any ones who like me, I'm sure that's why. Because, you know, some people say to me, somebody said to me this weekend in San Francisco, but, you know, you kind of throw a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shade at the uh, millennials and the Gen Z. And I'm like, but they don't seem to hold it against me. I mean, the one, the, most of them are not watching because they would never even consider watching something like what I do. But the ones who are, I think, appreciate that, no, I'm not lying. Like everybody else has to you your whole life. You know? I think people like me or fans of you see that you're shooting it straight, you're exactly. speaking your truth. And, 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 that's a, and that's a big deal. And those kids need it more than anything. Yeah. You know, I think our problem is that the parents and the society in general tells them they're very special and then they get out in the world and the world tells them they're not. That's right. And it's a shitty little upcoming that they have in their life. And um, it doesn't end well. Let's say you wanted to start a new business and you got some funding and that funding wasn't tied up in a failed bank. How would you go about hiring? Whether you're starting a new business or growing one, if you want it to be successful, you need the most talented people on your team. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com random. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds highly qualified candidates for whatever roles you might have, from oversharing guy in marketing to uptight lady who brings her lunch from home, to hot girl in accounting. Got your eye? on one or two people who'd be perfect for your job, ZipRecruiter lets you send them a personal invite which leads to more applicants. That's right, in today's world, you will practically have to beg people to work. ZipRecruiter also offers attention-grabbing labels that speak to job flexibility, like remote, training provided, urgent, and more, to really help your job stand out. 
Let ZipRecruiter fill all your roles with the right candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash random. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash random. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. If you're responsible for marketing your company nationally, how are you growing your business? Don't just Google and social media. When you can harness the power of audio and video and partner with shows like mine and elevate your brand in a space away from your competitors, the team at Radioactive Media can get you there. They create campaigns airing nationally on podcast, terrestrial, satellite, and streaming radio. Radioactive Media has over 35 years' experience in the field of audio marketing, and they can create a customizable campaign for your campaign's company's needs, just like they've done for hundreds of great companies, including ones you've seen here, like SignalWire, Heat Holders, and Wine Enthusiast. Radioactive is also the first in their field to utilize the power of text messaging. They can show you how to generate up to nine times more leads. You heard me right, nine times more leads. Radioactive Media believes so much in the power of audio marketing, they put their money where their mouths are by using it themselves, right here, right now. For a limited time, receive a $1,000 credit towards your first campaign by going to radioactivemedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511-511. Discover how audio marketing can surpass your current strategies with new and innovative ways that sound better. Go to radioactivemedia.com or text RANDOM to 511-511. Text RANDOM to 511-511 today. Terms, conditions, message, and data rates may apply. Do you like true crime podcasts? ID has a new original true crime podcast called Why Can't We Talk About Amanda's Mom? In November 1993, a man discovered the body of Renee Bergeron on the side of a service road in Mobile, Alabama. And despite the horrific nature of her murder, the case got little sympathy in the press and the detectives failed to close the case. Now, 30 years later, host Sarah Kayleen is investigating the case by digging up new evidence and interviewing suspects, all in hopes of finally finding answers and closure for Renee's family. Listen to Why Can't We Talk About Amanda's Mom wherever you get your podcasts. I love doing Limp Biscuit. I'm super grateful. We have a wonderful time connecting, but I'm, you know, I'm just into so many other things and, and, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, maybe this might be crazy, but what's your take on like zero point energy or the, the UFOs and UAPs and things happening? What's zero point energy? Zero point energy is a technology that's been around for a long time that's been kind of dark shelved and buried that you could take energy from the vacuum in space to power everything we need. Your home, power this, your whole... The vacuum in space. Yes. So... What happens is we don't need to plug into the power grid. We don't need to have this primitive kind of energy situation that we're being forced. Basically, you're born on Earth to be, well, to either pay for energy and survive or not be able to pay for energy and not make it. Well, okay, so what is the vacuum in space and why is it filled with energy and how do we get it out of it? Well, that's that's the idea. The idea is <laughs> well, there, there's... I, I seem to... I can understand why no, we're No, I'm sorry, but there's already people who've proven it. There's already people who've done the tech... The same like the guy who created the car that runs off hydrogen and water. 
you know, as technology has been shelved. Imagine if we, our cars ran off water, you know, it'd be a big deal, right? Um, yeah, I just... So you really don't think much about that stuff. I've heard it before. I haven't heard this one about the vacuum in space, which I don't know what is. I mean, there, I know what uh, uh, vaguely what a black hole is, very vaguely. Don't ask me to explain it or teach it. Uh, I'm the poetry teacher. But, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, oh a gosh. vacuum in space, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure why it would produce energy, and I'm not sure how we would ever get it the fuck out of there. So well, imagine if idea- energy was free. Do well, you think that would be okay, okay. For, for anybody in the world if we well, had free energy? You know what, Fred? I can also imagine them sending me ice cream in the mail every day. But, it, you know, just because you can imagine it idea. doesn't mean that it's real or possible or, you know, I mean, this just sounds like something somebody told you. And well, you, I've actually, yes, people have told me and but, some people who are really involved with it and they've exposed some videos and some home videos made by people who do it. But do you understand the science of it? If not, then you're the, just... The science of it, I can't really articulate that well. Well, if you don't understand the science of it, then it's just religion. Then you're just believing something on faith. And I'm not, I, I don't, I'm, I'm wanting to believe in it. I don't Exactly. Believe there you yeah. go. Yeah. Wanting to believe in it is, you know... If that's leading to you actually believing in it, then you have to be a little stronger in the mind and say, right. sure, I, li- I want to believe in a lot of things. I would like to believe that Jesus loves me and whatever shitty things I do on earth, he died for my sins. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. I love your I mean, thing with Mike with Tyson on Jesus, by the way. Mike Tyson? I think I, I think you were talking with Tyson, right? I and, was. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think did his show, in, he did mine. You so. went into the something about your, your thoughts on Jesus in the oh, Bible. Jesus. Did he hit me? <laughs> No, he did. <laughs> but you hit him with some, with some. Oh, really? I thought some unbelievable uh, per, per perspective. In my opinion, I was really, really into what you said about it. Well, I don't remember that these darn clove cigarettes, but um, I should try that clove cigarette. You should. Uh, I'll try it. Oh, there you go. This will be the first time. Thank you, rock star. Now I'm, my faith is is restored in rock stars. And, and no more zero point energy. Bill Bill Ma- Bill Bill Maher doesn't believe in it. No, I, well, again, believe in is a religious term. I don't believe in things. I don't. Yeah, belie- I gotta get hip to that. I don't believe in global warming. Global Do you believe warming- that Paul McCartney was the leader of the Beatles? Well, that's an interesting. Of course, that's an opinion thing, and it depends on what year we're talking about. John Lennon was undoubtedly, undeniably the the founder of the band, it and was, the glue. In my opinion, a, well, let's let's hold on. He was in. The founding of the band from, you know, earliest times, 1956 is when they met. All through, I would say, he wrote most of the uh, um, Hard Day's Night album, which is their third in 1964. Um, Paul McCartney is definitely the leader of the band by 1967. Um, And that's... You know, so there's no one answer. So it shifted in your opinion. It definitely shifted. Okay. Um, the documentary, the Peter Jackson documentary, like I, you nailed something we were talking about when uh, Harvey was leaving, was I thought, you're right. What we're seeing is we have a portal into this one particular moment yes, in time. And we see a lot of it. That's right. You can't fake it over... the. I mean, we watched... As much as I love the Beatles, it was like, wow, this is a lot of footage. That's a, <laughs> I mean, I am really seeing everything. I mean, I like those songs, but 
I mean, you 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 hear songs that you already have heard a million times. That's right. Played a, a lot. What astounded me, besides the fact that again, Paul McCartney and John Lennon was the love affair that explains everything, and it never stopped. And Yoko it, didn't break up the band. Yoko did not. He ignored her the whole time. <laughs> he brought in a bed, yeah, so she could sleep and not talk to him. Um, but That's a good idea. But <laughs> but the fact that they went into his studio was it January 2nd it was right after New Year's Mm -hmm. and they said okay um, we need 14 new awesome songs and we're going to have to have that by the end of the month and what do we have nothing okay and then did it you know they're they're um, sang froid you know their their unflappability in the always that band in the face of everything that was going on, the global clamor, their coolness, the ability to just stay calm, Mm -hmm. which could only come from, they had a hard scrabble upbringing. Mm -hmm. You don't get that way when you are born on easy street. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't, some people have had it worse, but you know, John Lennon was actually the the most middle-class one. Mm. He acted like working-class hero, mm-hmm. but it was bullshit. That That's right. McCartney talks about in his book, you mm. know, John lived in a middle-class house. They lived like in the projects. Anyway, just, the but the fact that they were like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we got, whoa, 28 days to like come up with this. And we were like, what do you got? No, no nothing. No, it's a good idea, though, but... And then, I mean, there's one point where you see Paul waiting for the rest to show up and he's writing, get back on the bass. That's the part that blows my mind. So here they do. They Beatles strike a deal with the major, right? They're going to get some amount of money to do this TV show where they write this record with their fans in this TV studio. But it's falling apart. It's just a, a tragic situation that as we see it unravel, we... We see Paul McCartney, like you said, noodling on the bass because somebody didn't, on time or he's waiting on somebody. He starts going, John, what do you think he was waiting for? Like, <laughs> but, but unbelievable. And that's how things happen. That's how they happen in my band. That's how, right. And that was just so like, right. wow, finally somebody's showing this on, with, with the band that's a phenomenon, which I believe there's only a few phenomenons. So that Beatles, happens with, with your band. You're in the studio and somebody is just starting to noodle and somebody else goes, that sounds good. Play that more. And then you add on to it. And, and then the what group, happens is and then the groupies. I'm kind of like the composer. <laughs> Get to the, the part where the groupies go. <laughs> huh? We don't have groupies. And that, I don't want to ruin it because we're supposed to have the groupies. But the thing is, our band is incredibly and has always been incredibly boring in that sense. Oh, and, stop uh, it. Really? That's You must have had them. Okay, I can understand. I mean, I was the only one that could really... Pull? Talk to anybody. Oh, I was the ball. So pull, I said. No, the pull. Pull, like Uh, pull a group. No, 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 no. No, everybody was a rock star at the time. But yet, you know, what happens is I'm like a composer. I sit back and I and these guys are so talented and they just start noodling and I can hear something like you can hear something if it talks to you, if it speaks to your gut. I go, hey man, loop that little part, and he'll go, what part? You know who you're describing? You know who worked exactly like this? Who? Barry White. Oh, this is a Barry White thing. It is. It's the Barry, anchor. Barry White. I don't I don't have him in my playlist, White. but he came back. Barry White was a was like a composer like who did it just the way you're talking. Really? About. Yes. Yes, that's how Barry White worked. How do you know that? <laughs> because I'm his son. <laughs> well, 
You look, there was a striking resemblance here. I was I, thinking that. It was going to come get-go. out at some point. Okay. No, because I don't know. Because I'm it's a here, it's live. music fan. I, 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 look, Barry White, the, 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 some of the stuff is just almost, it's, he must have known it was a little campy with the, the four minute talking over yeah. and I want to see you in your blue panties. And That's I right. mean, it's just, uh, you, you, but like he could make a record. Oh man. He, I mean, the ones, yeah. you know, my first, my last, my everything. I mean, oh, these records kick ass. And man, he just, he's right here in the free, right, he, his voice is right here. Uh, yes, and the and board. that's important. But he would just d- direct the orchestra and I want this sound here and I want to, he never wrote a thing down. Um, I'm not sure he had the, you know, greatest formal education. I don't know any, I, I just learned the chords maybe two years ago. Really? Yeah, what I've we, always just played by ear and I play all the instruments, but I work and react with the guys just by ear. So I've, I'm the same in some kind of way. Maybe I'm well, they, they call you the Fred, white. <laughs> the white, very white. The white, white. The white, white. <laughs> Freddie White. That might be my new alias. Fred Durst. Because you know you, we can't put our name at the hotel. Fred you know well, What alias do you use at the hotel? Never this sounded like a rock let's, star. Let's hear your alias that you use at hotels. Fred Durst. And then we'll change it sounds, to a new one. Sounds like something much more. You're avoiding this. What's the alias you use <laughs> when you check into a hotel? I use Haywood Jablomi. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh my you God. ask a comedian a question? Yeah, <laughs> but you must use an alias. You don't check in under your name. Uh, no, I, I, well, I, I dress and drag, and I, I, I well, regist- that we already know. Register under the name. But what's the name? Edith me out. Um, it's just <laughs> <laughs> you're a Willie Fister bottom. Uh, right, <laughs> the whole time. This is you. I love. I'm picking up. All. I love all those names. Yeah, I do. Well. But uh, no, I'm not going to tell you my fake name. Because you don't want to change it. You don't want to change it. I don't. Why are you pestering me on this? Why? Because I would love for you to let this out. I don't. We don't. It's your show. You don't. We're in your house. I know, but you don't want. This is a badass piece of property, by the way. Thank you. No, seriously. Thank you. Like legendary. Because I, I actually, when my house burnt down in Malibu in the Point Doom fires, uh, J.J. Abrams. 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 Rent me his house for two years. Oh. And I didn't know you were my neighbor. Oh, you lived around here? Two houses up. You're kidding. No. And I would always see your house and go, God, I feel bad for those people that have the little house by the road. But <laughs> when you walk in the gate, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Neverland. Yeah. Yeah. We made that decision long ago to put the house behind the gate. <laughs> no, but you see a little piece of the house. I know. So that's the problem. You see that's, from the road, you see this dope little modern house, but you don't yeah. think there's this amazing property back here. So that's, that's my, that's my strength. How long have you been here? Well, I live next door. I, I moved, lived there. I bought that house in 2001. Oh, this is the house next door. I got a few years later. That's why Club Random is here. Oh. I don't live in Club Random. <laughs> so Club Random's on your property. <laughs> Correct, but not my, <laughs> yes. It's on the, I, I have 2001 a, before 9-11 or way. 2001 after 9 I have a I have a vacation home and it just happens to be right next door to my other home. So it's, it's so <laughs> well, easy. God and dang. When I go to, when I go to. You're the rock star. Yeah. Let's just not get this crooked. No. You 
are the rock well, star. Well, th- there is. You've always been a rock star. I, I, thank you. I remember I seeing you at the parties oh, we were talking we about. Oh, no. You definitely were the no. rock star. I wasn't with a girl, and I, you were. Oh, please. Stop it. But, but in a cool you're, way, where I would go, man, that guy, no, that guy's really got something going on. <laughs> You know, not just the looks. Well, oh, the looks, yeah. I don't think it was ever about the looks, which, by the way, is an advantage because <laughs> if you're like a pretty boy when you're young and then you get to be older, you've got to live with that, that, oh, my God, this is a great diminution in what I used to be. But for us, it doesn't happen, you know, because we were never that to begin mm-hmm, with. So it wasn't right. like, I, ever, I never relied on, like, being the guy who could just walk in the room and just smile and, you know, panties would wet and... That was not. Are you sure? I, yeah, I, <laughs> if if it was, then I really missed a lot. But that's possible. But I no, I don't think so. You've got. Think, when did you realize you had so much character? You have such great character. Oh, thanks, Fred. Um, oh. I don't know. If, well, character. What do you mean by character? Well, like, you know, where you kind of went. God, I'm, I'm a little different, and that little different is actually kind of cool. And I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's an evolution. I mean, I'll tell you this. I knew when I was a child that I wanted to be a comedian. I mean, a very young child. Oh, really? Like, yes, like, you know, eight or nine years old. What did you see that made you feel My father was funny around the house, you know, a funny, witty guy. And my mother was had a great sense of humor. And, you know, I just think I saw that and you kind of want to saw your his friends laughing at him. And like, I think that just gets in you. And we were also a family that, of course, back in those days, we would watch the family crazy idea. We'd watch TV together. Oh my God. Can you imagine bonding with your family? So like we would all watch the same shows when I was a kid, Ed Sullivan, you know, if I could stay up late sometimes, Johnny Carson and, you know. How old are you? I'm like, I mean, I'm like, I'm, oh, I mean, how oh, old I, th- are you? I thought you at the time. I'm 67 now. 60. Oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my, you look so young. Well, thank you. It's, a, you know, it's a, it probably, I don't look young. I just don't act old. You know, if you just don't act old, if you don't have. No, man, it's very rare. I'm kind of tripping than the fact that you are Good. 67 right now. Yeah. Your awareness and your, man, this is. Well, having an epiphany right here on your show. Oh, epiphany. Good. It's close cigarettes make the room smell good. They really do. And your lungs. But Have you had your lungs checked recently? Oh, geez. Let's not break up the party. Because you don't like death. <laughs> Who likes death? I hate death. And Great. when I heard that you hated death, I go, man, God dang, somebody else hates death as much as I do. Well, who? Only. Okay. The only people who don't uh, dislike death are the ones who really are super sure that they're going to the better place, oh. which is quite a bet to be making based okay, on You gotta be really nothing. dumb to, do, to believe that. Well, dumb or crazy like a fox, because again, as Harvey and I were talking about, uh, it gives you an amazing peace of mind that could be like the key to a lot of health. I mean, I could really see that. Um, like, I'll give you another example of that. I've heard people say this, spirituality makes you live longer, but I've also heard them say it about marriage. People say that, you know, I've heard doctors say this, you know, and I'm always like, well, maybe for you, is it a, it's really a personal thing, isn't it? Because I have heard men say at times, people I've known, like my age group, and they'll be like, thank God my wife was there when I got cancer 
because I don't think I could have made it through without her. And I always want to say, maybe she gave it to you. Not in a, you know, not deliberately, but just like the stress of relationships, I do think can give you cancer. I or can any, ride that wave. Any, I'm riding that wave. <laughs> I knew I should get you to smoke this. Now we're agreeing on everything. Yeah, come on. No, I'm kind of like, I understand where you're coming from with it. It's true. Yeah. It's just true. I mean, relationships, even good ones, include in them a lot of stress. Mm. Just a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. uh, like being alone is can be lonely and that's not good and that can be stressful. But I feel like sometimes in my life, the most stressful thing was just wanting to keep something together when, it, when it's hard to do and worrying so much about what would happen to me and her if it didn't you know, stay together and mm -hmm. the, angst, or the angst of losing someone and wanting them or wanting someone who doesn't want you. I mean, all that stuff I feel like created a lot of the stress and angst in my life, none of which you're responsible for. But you're kind of no. in this place in your life where that's where you never maybe I don't know how much of the light you saw at the end of the tunnel, but right now you're in the now and you're feeling very very good and you're really happy. Yeah. In Was general. this something you thought would happen? Well, I just think a lot of happiness is. Uh, Did you manifest this? Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even know if you could, a pre-book can do that. I mean, you can definitely. I think you can. Well, I think you can plan for things, if that's what you mean. By I think you can put out the vibe and the energy and kind of create the world you want by the energy you put out. I think that's vague. I don't if know. it's vague. I mean, that's, I don't know about putting out energy. I, I mean, I would use my energy to like actually create something. Like Elon Musk, <clears throat> when he was making Tesla, he slept in the Tesla factory for mm -hmm. two years. I don't know if that's putting out energy. Uh, I feel like that's harnessing it and husbanding it. You're putting out energy, whether you think it, it or not. Then, you're, you're, you're yes. like water. If you put vibrate frequencies, we're all frequencies. So if you literally run them with a glass of water, certain frequencies, you can see that they affect it. Friend. And we're full of water and we have to put out positive energy. Are you reading a lot of Popular Mechanics? No, <laughs> is, I'm not. Is this, where are you getting this? I'm kind of just kind of going into the quantum moment of that moment you're talking about, you know, in your story. So I'm just smoking your weed. <laughs> and you, you, you've intoxicated me. I know. And I'm breaking it down. And actually, we're get, I'm getting an a insightful... A voyeuristic view into your soul. And I think all of us are seeing an incredible that's, moment where you're talking, where I think the, this uh, is going to be the podcast. Guys, don't cut to me because he's saying some great shit and I, I ain't saying shit. You're, you're saying plenty of shit. No, what, what I mean I'm is pushing. I really am inspired by it. Oh, good. But this I'm, is really cool. I haven't yeah. done a podcast. I haven't impressed I in know, 10 years. And I appreciate it so this much. This is awkward no, no, for I, me. Believe me, I, the feeling is mutual. I mean, that's it, cool, it like, man. Yeah. You're no, a, I mean, you're I don't, a very I don't, cool dude. I don't do, <laughs> thank you. I don't, know, I, I I don't think do so. any, one of the great things about being this age is, is, of course, the bad things are, yes, you're older, blah, 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 but there's that I don't do anything I don't want. I don't mm -hmm. talk to anybody I don't want to talk to, especially here. This is my house. It's your house. I live here. This is where that's my right. wife plays and her children that's play where with Ben Affleck did some weird stuff. Oh, no, that's the godfather. He did some naughty stuff right here. Who? Ben Affleck. <laughs> well, I don't know what I don't know what he did here. I don't either, but <laughs> I think he, 
<laughs> this was his, right? Yes. So that's wild. I, well, who knows? I mean, who knows what went on in here? You know, movie stars, rock stars. I can only dream about Bill Maher. These. See, I'm lucky to be blessed by your wisdom and this experience and having this cool evening. It's not work. It's not a. It's not a job. It's just this amazing evening. It's an adventure. Where it's an adventure, kind exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. But that's. Uh, thank you for saying that. But you know what? Ben Affleck was in here, <laughs> and Ben Affleck was in here with uh, doing stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> and so were you. Uh, I was not doing it with Ben Affleck. N I don't uh, know if you we were We never not. lived here at the same time. I was, he sold it to me. But this, yes, when I, when I. Did you and Ben ever hang out here together? Never. No, but I knew. Well, was, we got to make that happen. I knew he was the neighbor. We got to invite well, Ben down to the show. Okay, Ben's on to a different. And he needs to hang out with you <laughs> in ben, his old house. Ben's on, like, I love Ben. I tell you what I, he I did here. Giant, I love Ben, too. I'm a, I'm a giant huge Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck fan. I love uh, Ben Affleck. Right, I love okay. all the Afflecks. Casey Affleck. <laughs> I love Casey Affleck. He's amazing. Well, Dude, the guy is, I would love to work with that guy. You one-up me there, sir. Hey, but you know what? Casey Affleck is awesome. He's, He's so awesome. dope. He's an amazing actor. He's an amazing actor. Actor. It's funny. I, Who's I, your favorite actor right now? Uh, ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said to Casey, I, he did my show once, and I said to him, you know, your brother is the biggest, bigger movie star, but you really are actually the more God, he's ma amazing so actor. Good. And he said to me, I'm always telling him that. Ah. Um, and Ben Affleck is a perfectly fine actor. But yes, Casey no, Affleck. Ben's amazing, man. Yeah, he's fine. But, he, but he's a movie star. And the he's town, also, the town? But the best thing about the town, the best thing, he's an amazing filmmaker. Oh, he's the an amazing filmmaker. And uh, the, uh, uh, the Argo and the, the uh, Live by Night, the gangster one. He makes a great movie. Mel Gibson does too, by the way. And He's Clint legit. Eastwood. I mean, Matt Damon is legit. Their whole thing is legit. Yeah, but Matt Damon doesn't make his own movies. But he's still legit. Yeah, he's an actor. He's a great actor. He's, he just he's, has a yeah, good no. filter, hey, man. Nobody, and that's what matters. Nobody loves Jason Bourne more than me. Oh. Nobody. I mean, every time I think, Jason I can't, I can't watch Jason Bourne movies again, and I do and they still work. Mm. And everybody has ripped off that formula. They all try to do it with the same music and, the cut, and they mm -hmm. can't and they don't. And the story, and he makes it work, but all of them, all three of them, plus the one even with Jeremy Renner, <clears throat> I mean, that the is town? my favorite franchise. What? what? Which one with Jeremy Renner? Jeremy Renner did one where it was Jason Bourne. He was, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was the Bourne, Le Renner's Bourne Legacy. I love that guy. Yeah. He's a good dude. Right. What a shame what happened. Yeah, he's a good dude. And he actually that? made it through it, and I, I really wish him yeah, the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No snowplow jokes here. No snowplow uh, just, jokes just, here. And he was awesome in the town, Jeremy. But he would actually appreciate if you said a snowplow joke. <laughs> if you have one. Oh, I, well, first of all, um, no. I, <laughs> what am I, Bob Hope? <laughs> hey, uh, get me some snowplow jokes. I got jokes. a great picture uh, of Bob uh, Hope my and Jerry Phyllis Lewis Diller on my wall. Looking up in my file, snowplow, snowplow, snowplow. Oh, I got snapple jokes. <laughs> I got snotgrass jokes. <laughs> hey, Say, snowplow. you know what? You might have been the only guy that had a snowplow joke. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Okay. What's great is I don't fucking know anything well, about it. About what? About anything. <laughs> I thought you just said you knew about the vacuum in space where all the energy is going to come from. There is a vacuum in space, and we can pull energy from it, and okay. it can power this 
TV show, podcast, whatever this thing is. Well, it better be sponsored. But you have a fucking treehouse. So I get here I and do? I go, God damn, this place well, is unbelievable. Okay. And then I'm in a treehouse that's first more all, unbelievable than this. Okay, first of all, it's when you say treehouse, that's what we call it. I don't know why I didn't name it that. But it's well, a, it was pounded it's, in it's my a, brain by your producers. I'm sure it was. Um, it's where we treat house, the guests. House. It's like the green room here. Okay, it's a guest it's the house. Green room. It's a guest house on the property. Uh, ben lived there. If that makes you feel better, I'm sure. Um, and it's just so Ben it's, did it's, some it's, shit it's, in that place. <laughs> that, that that may be true. It's it's a it is a a two. It's a it's a loft. It's very modest. I'm joking. It's a, no <laughs> no. It's a, it's a loft house. It's it's cute. But, but is that really the, 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 his main house? Was that house? Yes, because that is so humble. That is not a dope house. It is very humble. There's a there's a kind of a great little old. Fashion fireplace in there. Yeah, I that's like the fireplace. charm of it. Yeah. But I cannot see J Lo saying, "I'm living here." <laughs> this is hey, not, well, as soon as you said that was his main is, house, no, I went. No, she's no, never oh, going to oh, accept no, no, this. No. But I love that he but, lived there because that's incredible. You know, Sean Penn lived in an Airstream trailer for years in Malibu on the other side of PCH in an Airstream all by himself. Well, because he was getting into character to play a bum. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great story. <laughs> Art Linson told me about that that audition, by the way. What audition? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, Sean Penn, stunned, been sitting where you are. Yep. One of my best. He's a friend of mine, too. Legend. I, w- I would love to say one of my best friends. I hope he considers me that way, but I just adore him. I adore him, too. And he's become, like, so much... It, like oh, I was saying this to somebody the other day. Oh, David Byrne was on my show, and no. he, I'd seen him say on 60 Minutes that everybody says to me, you got nicer when you got older. And I said, same thing with me, and same thing with Sean. He's just, he's such a mensch. Not that he wasn't always a great guy, mm-hmm. but he was there was an edge to him. Yeah. And I think I, the same thing with me. And that's what I was kind of getting to say with David Byrne. Like, he didn't answer the question the way I would have, which is, why did we get nicer? I forget what he said, but it was very funny. But my thought was, because we're less insecure. That's mm-hmm. why. Because when we're young, we're like, oh, my God, I got to make it. And maybe you're in the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just tense about that. And and at a certain point, you either made it or didn't. Right. And if you did, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I got my card punched. I can relax. Like, you know, I'm not Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm very happy with where I wound up. And that allows you to sort of like, oh, breathe and like consider other people mm-hmm. a little more. You know, it's not all just about you getting where to where you from, getting to where you have to go. Where were you? Where were you? Where were you born? I was born in a treehouse. Okay, in no. that treehouse. No, okay. I'm glad I reminded myself. That is not a treehouse. That's a nice little loft. It's That's a, a it's fucking treehouse. It's a guest house. You're no, no, I'm telling it a, you. No, Fred, I've seen some treehouses in, in Beverly to, Hills, I, I and t- that's a Beverly a, Hills treehouse, because a, a treehouse okay. in Beverly Hills is like that. I have a very, and Ben Affleck would rent or buy or own a Beverly Hills okay. treehouse like that. I have that. a very specific reason why I'm a con- contradicting what? you on, on whether this is a treehouse. You tree called house. me a cunt. For, I said No. That's what you did. No, I didn't. This treehouse is a loft house. There are trees near it. I guess that's where it came from. (laughs) I listen to me. I for twelve for twelve years I did a show in uh, two shows in Hawaii every New Year's. I did December. Never been to Hawaii. Oh, December thirtieth we did Maui, and December thirty first we did a big show in Honolulu. 
Woody Harrelson lives. Oh, I love Woody Harrelson. Lives on Maui. We would always see each other when I was in Maui. Then I would go to Honolulu. I'd always see Sean Penn, mm. including this last year. He was he did a little thing in my show. Mm. So I would, and they were feuding with each other. They wouldn't talk to each other, but I was friends with Woody Bob. and Sean. Yes, maybe to this some day. politics. I don't know. I don't know what they want. You know what it is. I don't. I honestly don't. But I have a feeling. God, they're both so dope. They're both so chill. And really cool and open-minded. Right. I will Unfortunately, say. both their wives fucked Ben Affleck. Anyway. In that treehouse? In the treehouse. It's not a treehouse. But Woody Harrelson on his property <laughs> has a treehouse. This is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. One of the years, Michael. You think long. You're a chess player. You think long game. Because well, this is one of the years. I can't nice. remember what year it was. But Michael Moore, I always took a lot of people on this vacation. Michael Moore came with me. The great Michael Moore. Wow. Okay. The documentarian. Yes. So we drove out to Woody's place, which is, to say it's off the grid is an understatement. I mean, it's out in the sticks, bro. And like, there's, this is, I think, before GPS. I mean, I don't know how we ever found what this year? place. This is probably 10 years ago. Okay. Woody, now this Man. is where Woody and Laura live. I mean, it's an amazing piece of property. Wow. I always kid him that he doesn't have a house. He has a porch because there's no walls. Like, you know, there's, there's like, you know, I'll tell you, you just fact, lived, the first just, house I ever bought is on Cambridge right beside Yeah. Me. Okay. That's the first house I ever bought. So, Go ahead. okay. So on this vast property they have, and this is the uncivilized part of Maui. The, 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 it's just like, I mean. Right. It's, okay. The cool part. Yes. Well, certainly the part if you want to be just in nature and it is spectacular. That's what I would but want. But there he has a tree house. And I mean a house built into a tree. I mean, very elaborate stuff in like a tree. Like that one? No. That one is not that, but he has a treehouse. Oh. If you ever want to see what an actual treehouse is, a house in a tree built by a movie star with franchise money. The electricity. I will set it up. You go to Maui and you can <laughs> see what a treehouse is. Set it up. That would be amazing because I will do that and document uh, every would, piece for you. He would love you. He, does, he loves nothing more than a new bromance. Mm. This guy has more bromances than I can shake a stick at. Really? I'm a little jealous, but we have a great one. But... You know. I'm having a bromance with you, but it's Great. not. It doesn't feel Great. like it's being reciprocated. Exactly, it totally is reciprocated. What? Because I'm like, Why I'm like blown that? away by you. Like I really am. Like the fact that you're the age you are, oh, you just and me. you are so in tune, and you are not held up on a bunch of shit. It's all. It's but a, you do spit shit out of your I do. mouth every well, once when in a while. Well, when you make me laugh. No, but that's the age. Because you wouldn't have done that at fifty-seven. Of course I would. Why do you say that? I just don't, <laughs> the fuck I just don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't, don't. I'm just tapping your leg. Is that sexual assault? No. Did I from, did I do something no. unacceptable? You couldn't get in my ass if you tried. And I know you're oh, not trying. And, and I know you're not trying. I think I could. Well, dream on. I'm um, not trying, but I could. Uh, what is that? Rock star confidence? Like, I could fuck anybody I want. Is no, that, is it's that not. how you rock stars? No, it's not. I know it's how I you I just rock. know, kind of feel what you're into. I'm empathetic. A friend of mine. I feel people's energy, and I feel like you might let me in that. Uh, a friend of mine once said to me, I once saw Mick Jagger pick up a girl with just a look. And I knew exactly what he meant. And I'm, I have no doubt it happened. I, I have no doubt that. Do you Mick, have that look? Of course not. I'm not a rock <laughs> Give star. me that look. I know. Give the camera. If I Which was, camera is no. it? Give no. him that look. Well, 
You it's have it. the Bill Maher look. You I have, don't, the, I don't have, you the, have the, the Midsummer's Playboy <laughs> Midsummer's Night Dream Bill Maher look. I don't have that at all. You would look well, over and I, go, but I'll t- you're I'll with tell me you, tonight. No, but Fred, I'll tell you what I do have is the wisdom to understand, which I didn't earlier in life, is that it's not so much, yes, somewhat, but it's not so much what you look like. It's how you look at them. Hmm. You're on to something. Meaning girls. You're on to something. <laughs> okay. There was a, a pause Is it just there. girls? <laughs> well, in my case, yes. In your case. It's how you look at them. Yeah. You know? And is that how you did it? <laughs> can, you, can you actually turn it on again for a second round? <laughs> Seriously, I'm a director, and I'm working with you. I'm handling your ego well. Okay. So I go, and action, Bill. Just look into their eyes. Just have a pair of balls, hit your mark, and say what you have to say. Don't bullshit. They don't like being bullshitted, okay? Don't take them down a primrose path and then leave them by the side of the road, okay? Be honest. If you can't be there forever, say it up front. They'll respect you for it. Cut! Cut! That's a fucking take. That's a take right there. Okay, hey, Bill, we're good. That was we're going to break down and move to the next set. You asked me setup. for a take. Did Are you I cool with that? to you? Did I give you exactly the thing? Or would you ask did me for I a close-up? Or would you ask me if that was a medium? That was a close-up. That was but a medium. Didn't I give you but are you okay with the medium I on that? Did I not give you exactly what you, you just said? You gave me exactly what you Okay, so then don't give me this shit about, uh, uh, you're, I'm not as happy to be here as you. If I'm you think I gave you any I'm shit tonight, just, you're delusional. I'm just saying I've not given you any shit whatsoever. Okay, it's amazing. Is this your furniture? <laughs> oh my Did god. Did you well, it is make called, the decision to? It is, it is, or was it producers, club, Chris called, and Chuck? No, it's called Club Random because everything in here is what didn't fit in my regular house, so it's very random. I could have thrown this stuff away. I don't even know what where style I'm is at. your regular house? What what kind of style? It's, I'm I'm a big house guy. I've done you know, I flipped 14. What? Yep, I bought, sold, remodeled, and flipped 14 of them. I love that stuff. So what's your style of your home? Because I literally only walked into it's, the it's, facade it's of the anti-modern. front. It's anti-modern. Oh. It's, I don't like, like... French country? Well, probably, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like more of what it is. Rachel, uh, shabby chic kind of vibe? No, not shabby, but like comfortable. Uh, like, you know, couches that are not like black leather and yeah. like chrome and all. I don't like that shit. It's, uh, is it white it and been cro- ma- monochromatic? It could have been made probably a hundred years ago. I love oh. bookshelves all over the house. Oh, nice. Um, a lot of the furniture in there is Indian because I just had a piece that was Indian that fit mm-hmm. perfectly and I wanted to model some things around it. And then I met someone who had a store and they had great stuff and... But it's not, you know, there's some mitchy-matchy. I, I don't think it should be. Look, it's the, the, When was the house built? That house was built in 1979. 79. What was it when it was built? What was the idea when it was built? It was, it was on, Susan Day was, a, was a, a TV star of that era, and she, uh, I've seen pictures of the house. It was super feminine. Oh, wow. Oh, I had to depussify this house, yeah. like, from head to toe. Um, was that with like a bear? A, Do you have a bear, like a bear rug, or like? No, a, not at all. But you could tell. Here, I always say this about my house. Indian. You were like, Indian. The living room I actually worked on, and it's quite nice. Although I haven't changed it in a million years, and I probably should. But I, I'm comfortable. Who cares? Are the you re- single? The, yes, of course. The Still re- single? Yes. At 67. Why do you think I'm so happy? It's because the Indian furniture. So the rest of the house, I always say. It's not awful, but you can just tell a woman doesn't live here. 
you know? It just doesn't have that pulled together final, and I kind of like it that way. Do you want to be with someone? No, I don't want, well, I don't want my Do you want to be in love with someone? Uh, Fred, now we're getting too personal. I can't. Too personal? Are you fucking kidding me? Light the, jo- <laughs> light the clove cigarette. <laughs> no, and like, but like, no, seriously, but, do you no. not want, what do you want? Because actually, it's very important. You and I can connect right. on a couple things. You're, you're married. I'm married. <laughs> the you're, way you had to think about that. No, no. Wait, you didn't say, yes, I'm Well, you flipped went, it back to me. You, you hit the ball back to my court. <laughs> I know. So I'm hitting the ball back to your court. <laughs> but so you hit, back to your court. Yeah, what I want to know is like, you hit a lot. Like, are you? You should have hit a winner uh, down what, the line. What's your take on that? Because you don't like death, but do you, we're all alone. I believe we're all alone no matter when it happens, no matter what happens. We're all like, alone here at Club Random. We're all alone at Club Random. Dude, um, there's like a... People well, don't know, but there's a piece of plexiglass between us, too, because he doesn't want to get my germs. Oh, yeah. that's You got the wrong guy there. <laughs> I, I, I was never the COVID paranoid. Quite the quite the opposite. COVID paranoids. Are did one you of get my, the vaccine? Uh, I got, yes, because I, I had did. to. I got to, all to six. I didn't want to. Okay. I didn't think I needed I it. I had to. Yes, call. I did, too. Or else I couldn't have continued my life. I couldn't have continued And I don't like that life. gun held to my head. But let's not get into that on this show. No. Because I don't want because that's that, fun. That, <laughs> that's not is. fun. We can go down a rabbit hole on that stuff. All right. Um, would you be a lamb while I'm holding this and pour me? Oh, yeah, give me some. So that is tequila. No, I'm going to pour your thing. No, no, no. I it's want tequila. some of that. It is tequila. Thank Let you. me try that. Okay. So pour me like half. Okay. No. Yes, sir. <laughs> don't. I don't want to. I know exactly. Okay. See, I, I actually know. You know a little over half. That's, That's a little okay. over half. Uh, all right. I, I will accept that this time. But because like... But I'm what t- about next time? What if I do it next time <laughs> no. too? I because might do as, it every as time. Get, as you get older. Because I'm going to get an impants, one dog. Of the, one of, Remember we was talking about that? <laughs> no. Okay. But one of the things about aging, like you said, I look good, good. I'm glad you think so. Uh, but everyone I, tells you that. Are you sick of hearing it? No. You never get sick of hearing that. But you, to do that, you have to like be very circumspect about how much of something like liquor you put, very little. They say if you take one, even one drink of liquor ever in your life, heart disease will be inevitable. No, <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not joking. I'm really well, into the no, I, health <laughs> aspect of things, but well, you, we, we're fucked if that's the case. Right. Well, I'm definitely fucked. I mean, I spent- You're fucked if you do this every Wednesday. You do this every Wednesday? Yeah. And you have a couple well, no. clove cigarettes and, a, and, a, and some booze? Well, I smoke more than just- here. And you're 67. Yeah. John Travolta's I, younger than you. <laughs> Meaning? <laughs> Meaning it's just a fact. Uh, yeah. It's a Snapple fact. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I mean, I think John Travolta looks great. But he was born looking great. That's my point. It but so mean, are you. What, what, what are you second. comparing it to? The difference between John Travolta and me is that John Travolta... I think you look amazing. Thank you. But, like, John Travolta had to go through some period where he was like, oh, I'm no longer like this... Adonis, because he was right. Adonis. And I don't have to, I never had to go through that period because I wasn't going to begin with. So, uh, yeah, you're, you know, you're the, uh, you know, it's like you never know, people wouldn't have voted for you to be the hero. <laughs> that's such a great thing to say. And that's, <laughs> and, and you know what? You were maybe the least likely that's to succeed so by some people's perspective, that's just like me. Great. And things happened. I, I would not be voted to be the hero. I'm going to put that on my next billboard. Look, we got my Will next. Will you footnote me? We got my next. I could use, throw me a bone. Yes, like, but, I, I get I, all of But I figured out shit. your movie. What? Remember? Yeah. The audience is the bullies. The irony you, is that the audience, yeah. 
So I'd say we're even. Okay, we're even. All right, we'll take one more puff. We'll see if it works. Dude, you're going to cut that out, right? Yeah, we'll cut that out. Oh, we're cutting all of you up. Thank God. <laughs> hey, Have you never seen this show? This character, just... uh, this beard is for a character I'm playing on my new tour. So okay. I got to have it. You know what? Uh, Saturday, April 22nd, I'm at the theater at MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Did, bet you didn't know that, Mr. Wise S. Rockstar. Sunday, April 23rd, I'm at the Durham Performing Arts Center in Durham. Saturday, May 20th at the MGM Northfield Park. I would go see you. Park. Yes, you should. No, I wouldn't You'll because your comedy. In Northfield, Ohio. I'd like to see you not break the, the comedy. hard rock that's clear. Because on here, you break it. Sunday, May 21st, Mystic Lake Casino in Prior Lake, Minnesota. Let's go see each other's. I'll go to yours and you go to mine. If we play nearby, it might be uh, Irvine, but I'd, I'd, I'd take care of real good care of you to get you there. And it'd be really great to have you host it that night. Host it? Yeah, I could do that. As long as I don't have to... Bill, can you host the show? It's just like I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can. Legendary. Um, I don't know what hosting the show means. It just means going, hey guys, this yeah. is the worst band, whatever you want to say, and here we are later, and that's it. But don't they boo? And it's free food. Don't they? Everything you want. Everything you want. Yes, Fred. And, and, and those funny those funny clove cigarettes, that's, we'll have plenty of those for you. Right. That's what I need. More pot and free food. <laughs> um, but, like, but wait, when I walk out, isn't the crowd going to boo because I'm not you? Isn't it like, oh, who's this Oh, are you are you fishing? Douchebag. No. This is a fish. I'm not fishing. This is a your young crowd, the twenty to thirty, the vast majority of them either don't know who Bill, I am. You are either a, they living, don't. man, you are a hero to these to you, people. To you. You're speaking to, the truth, no, man. I'm telling knew, you. Most of them No, they'll fucking trip the fuck out. They will bug out. Literally, I'm embarrassed because I know afterwards I'm gonna feel the shame of the the applause from the audience being way lower than it was at the opening of the show when you just go, fuck Limp Biscuit, and then we go. You're delusional. No, I'm not joking. You, a, a Limp Biscuit audience, people who paid good hard money. These to people see, grew up on to you. To see Limp Biscuit. Mm-hmm. They didn't even grow up. You said they're from they're 20 to 30. They so don't... imagine when I put the band together. I'm 90, uh, at 95, I'm 25 years old, okay? 25 years old, and then... And, that's the feeling that's in this music. So these young people around that age, it, right. it kind of varies. That's the feeling they're getting from it. It's timeless in that way. And so it's an, it's priceless that you can have it while I'm alive and while you're here. And people love what you say. They love to hear your opinions because it gives them another fresh perspective well. on things. Because you're speaking your shit. You're transparent, you're, you're, it's your truth. And you know, William H. Cooper always said, you know, always question everything. I, I'm, I, I'm flattered you think that, and I hope to live up to that, but I honestly don't think an audience of Gen Z and uh, younger millennials um, appreciate that the way you do. I so really do don't. So do you want to make a bet? Some of them do. And we can film it and prove it, because I guess filming everything. Yeah, I guess with no are. CG, and I won't make us look younger on the video, because, you know, we might want that, because we're going to look like shit yes, on, the, on the thing. totally. But I would like to film that and prove you wrong and have me back here and to show you that footage. You can go, wow, you said that. When we first collided, okay. that serendipitous collision over in Coldwater Canyon. And what do I get if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, I'll do anything you'd like. Well, why didn't you say? 
<laughs> if you want okay. me, you want me to suck your dick, Bill? Ah, oh, we're back to that. Would you really no. like me to no. suck your dick? Look no. at my face. No. Like seriously. No. I'm sucking no. your dick. No. Like, is that what you want? No. No. Because nope. you acted like that's what you. That want. was comedy. And you actually wear tight ass jeans. Your dick is big and your balls are big. And I, you're wearing uh, tight ass fucking jeans. I'm not gonna. Is that a '67? That's an old school thing. Because I'm wearing baggy, baggy ass shit. I don't want people to see how big my dick is. <laughs> <laughs> but you want people to see how big yours is. Well, listen. I'm in a between. Is it a, a thing? I'm between a rock and a hard place here. I don't. I don't like to. <laughs> I don't like to lie. And I don't like to brag. What's a guy supposed to do? But you're bragging. I'm not saying And you're lying anything. that you don't like to brag. I am taking the fifth. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Well, you actually gestured like, oh, I'll pull my, like, yeah. but what? Because it's comedy, Fred. You know I get that. you. It was comedy. I know that, and I'm rolling with you. Oh, I know. I'm just, when I hear them go, I love it. <laughs> We're riding. <laughs> but here's what's cool. All right. I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to do it with your guys. You should. You should be under the umbrella of Club Random. It's the coolest place to be. I think so. We're aligned. Yes. You know, we're now blood brothers. Yep. It's like we did that thing That's the that thing. the Indians did or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> somebody but you more know what? You created the us. greatest thing. Like, this is the dream come true. You're living the ultimate dream. Well, I don't know about that. But people, but you do people know. would. Don't you think so? I would think people would more say that of a rock star. I would think they would more say that of you when they see like thousands and thousands and thousands to see of people screaming, the kind of excitement that music in, invokes in people. It's not close to what com comedy just doesn't do, do that. But you're seeing it in numbers now. Yeah. The I, I, numbers. I'm Your very, numbers speak look, louder. Yeah. Now, or would you rather have the, no, no, the no, 3D just, version? But I'm just saying, like when, when you ask about, you know, the what 2D the, version, what, you conquer. What would people, <laughs> what when people look at something like, what do they go? Oh my God, I wish that was me. I think it's more the thing that you do. Because like I say, music just gets to people in a very primal way and a very deep way, an emotional way. It, everybody can appreciate music. I am only people with people with a brain. Almost everybody. So like, you know, we're eliminating like 90% of the population right there. So I'm working with a much smaller group. And what you're doing is like, again, you see people go, they're kind of like frenzied for what you are about to do as right. a performer. Okay, I don't really experience that. I mean, I have some wonderful receptions on the road. I was very gratified in San Francisco, which I said I was afraid they were going to be too woke, but they were just marvelous. And I could are tell. Are you feeling my fanboy madness? And I could tell. That, are you feeling yeah, it? I could feel yours. But, okay, I'm trying but to I'm, hold back. But I'm talking about like what the crowd, you know, like you see a crowd, first of all, it's big. And again, they're almost in this bacchanalian frenzy, like like they're holding the severed heads and ah, ah, which you know I'm not saying you're suggesting don't that, hold but severed I'm, heads, but, but not, I know what you mean. I'm not saying you wouldn't suggest that. Um, like I saw you at uh, Woodstock '99. I mean, oh. I wasn't at Woodstock '99. I was at Woodstock '94 as a correspondent. Were you really as a correspondent? Who was headlining as a correspondent for Jay Leno? Oh my God! They helicoptered me in, and I did an interview with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Whoa! In 1994. Oh. Yes, my producer was with me on that trip. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But the '99 one. What do you think about that? That it was like the spirit of it was so. Let's go back to yours first. Okay. What's mine? 
your Woodstock experience in Oh, 90. well, I was 13 and 69. I was, I was a kid. I was vaguely aware of it. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I was old enough to go to Woodstock. You know, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, certainly thought of in the culture at the time as this great triumph that the younger generation could get together with hundreds of thousands of them and uh, not beat each other up. And, you know, they could shit in the mud and then fuck in it. And everyone was cool with that. You know, uh, that was like that era. Yeah. And then, you know, like, like everything in the country, it just, I mean, this country, in my view, has been on a downward trajectory mm-hmm. since about the Kennedy assassination. Mm. You know, Vietnam, Watergate, just more cynicism, more lack of belief in the government, more tribalism. Mm -hmm. It just got, and everything is just a symptom of that, Mm. you know, of the kind of devolvement down toward less intelligent, more tribal, more hateful, Mm -hmm. you know. There's an agenda. What? I just feel like there's an agenda with all of it, you know? Dumb it down, dumb it down, and the masses follow. And they the 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 campaign of disinformation versus misinformation. This is where I see the juxtaposition we're all in as a society. Like, what's real and what's not, and will we ever decipher that? No, I mean you have to decide what's real for you. But does anyone own? The truth, no, but there used to be a consensus about a lot of stuff that there's no consensus about now. Like everybody has their own facts. Mm -hmm. The the most glaring example, of course, is Trump winning the election or not. I mean, anyone who thinks he won the election is just, it's it's, again, it's religion. You want to believe that? That helps you get through the day, makes you feel better. But somewhere inside you, you know, that's not true. We have elections. You don't always win them. And that one didn't come come up winner for him. Mm-hmm. But if you want to cling to that, then then you're going to go along with a million other things that are just your own set of facts. It's playing on who we are as where we evolved to and, right and, now. And I could name examples like that on the left also. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff that the left believes that it's just it's just religion, really, mm-hmm. because and the only no, they're just pulling on that string. What string? I don't know if they believe that. Do they believe it? Or are they pulling the strings for the people who, who do believe it? Yes. That, yes, I think B. I think you're exactly that's what right. I think. That's right. They know better. Right. We saw that in the But they're playing off the fact that people well, really believe that. We saw that blatantly in the recent uh, reading of the emails of Fox News anchors, including Tucker Carlson, who said he passionately hated Trump them saying to each other in their private texts and emails that they know he lost the election, and yet they went on TV that very night. I mean, you couldn't, like, exaggerate this in a screenplay and said the exact opposite. I hope somebody makes a movie of this. Maybe you. Goes on TV and says, that is exactly what you're talking about, because they knew the audience wanted to hear Trump won. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say it, even though I know it's not true. I mean, you could not define hypocrisy or lack of integrity any clearer than that. Mm. It's obvious, right? That is obvious. That is called getting caught red-handed. That is a smoking gun. Mm -hmm. They don't care because it's about how it makes me feel. Everything's about feeling now. Yeah. Facts don't It's all relative, too. 
but but you know the the relative builds up. There's a majority of people feeling the same uh, in that, that regard. So where's your politics? Are you well? You know that's the thing. The I, I, you know I you know I don't do this. Don't then don't. don't. I, but I, I know I can go there if yeah. I get your guidance through this because this is your thing and yeah, I'm going to be under you know your what? umbrella. I, I, I want to go there because I have a strong opinion about things. Well, just summarize it. I don't want to. Right then don't. Now. Then not, not not on your thing right now. Right. But we and you will do it. Absolutely. When you're that's when fair. I'm ready, I'll do this, it with you. Right. And this place is not supposed to be for politics. That's right. So yeah. No, but I want to share it with you because okay, I good. I really love what's happening. All right. I love how everything happened. It's all super dope. Chris and Chuck and Jordan. It's like it made it happen. It's really cool. Yeah. It's well, a good vibe. I'm gonna set you back into the wild. This was super fun for this me is too. Fun. Don't awesome, think man. I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. Man, I really did. Okay. I already know. All this right. is an honor. Right. We should try without camera, too. Sure. I'm you know, that would be tight. Sweetheart, this And place, then you can go. This Fred. place was my party house for 20 years before it was Club But Red. it's very yeah. empty now.